Let's pray. Lord, I love the songs that we're singing this morning. Lord, uh, for you are all things, and to whom are all things, you deserve the glory. I just pray, Lord, that um, this message could direct the glory to you. Lord, that we be transformed under the power of your word, that we could reflect more rightly, more accurately, who you are in our lives and the effect that it has made on each one of us. We pray for your Holy Spirit to be present this morning. We know he is. Lord Jesus, thank you for your presence here this morning. We pray um, that we would have ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church this morning. And just ask that I could step out of the way and deliver a message that would be glorifying and edifying to the body of Christ. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Where do I begin? Um, I always do this. Let's get the. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You know, we live in in an interesting age right now, and there's a a real balance of our conduct in the hour that we're living it's it's a unique time where the bible says that they would call good evil and evil good and there's a real attempt to dismantle foundational things and the word of god is foundational you know we've been talking about keys and and different things that are key uh, to see God move in our lives. And one of the things that is extremely key is the Word of God. You know, he manifests himself through the Word of God. He shows him um, himself who he is through his Word, through his actions in the Word. And we want to be in alignment with that. Amen? To, to be in line with that. Um, <clears throat> you know, in the Word of God, it says this, you know, in, in these troublous times, and, you know, there was some things that were said even from the pulpit a few weeks ago, that there was some cataclysms that possibly could come down. And at this point, it seems like everything is going on as it should. And praise God for that. You know, that we're still moving. You know, we still have food on our plates. There's still, you know, economy is still doing well. But I'm also not going to be foolish in the assessment of the way things really are. I believe that one of the things that God has called us to do as the church is to be people, number one, of truth, to be people of reality and watchfulness, that we're to be watching. You see many times that the Lord commends us to watch in his word. He says to be aware. Uh, The word, in in some instances, I don't know about all, it's Gregorio. That means to be prayerful, to be staying up late and thinking and watching what's happening. And, you know, there's a lot of things in this world that could cause uh, distress. And yet we have such an advantage over the rest of the world that we are covered in the blood of Jesus. I love that portion in that song that says, I'm covered in his blood. I go, wow, that sounds pretty gory. But... We know that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from our sins. It it washes us whiter than snow. In fact, he has given his righteousness to us by faith. 
that we stand in that position because of what Jesus did. Not anything that we've done, but because of what he has done. Amen? I want to go to Matthew 6. And it says this, Matthew 6, 25. It says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not your life more than food and your body more than clothing? Sometimes I think we get it twisted that we make life all about those things. Especially here in America. You know, one of the things that they said in the last days that people would be, you know, buying and selling. And it seems a preoccupation in consumer-oriented America that we're so materialistic in our pursuits. And if we get something, then I'm happy. If I lose something, I could be sad. But a measure of a person's life is not in the abundance of the things which they possess. Amen? It says, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you of not of more value than they? You know, this is a promise in God's word that he has his eyes upon us. In fact, he says in another portion of scripture that not one sparrow falls to the ground without the knowledge of God. And you're thinking to yourself, is that like hyperbole? Is it just, you know, somebody coming up with some poetic kind of thing? Or is that reality? I believe when God says it, he means it. That when he says that I know the number of hair on your head, and how could he know that? Well, he knows, and he wouldn't say it unless it's true. He says, not one bird falls from the sky without the knowledge of God. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow will be thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. A good place for for us to prioritize, you know, to put that in order. That... I hope that we haven't lost that knowledge in the Bible. That we haven't lost that in the church. That God is a holy God. That He's a righteous God. That He clothes us. He says that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these flowers in the field. But he says that He is clothing us. And the thing He's clothing us with is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That we can take that to the bank. That we can say, okay, Lord, I'm good because of what Jesus has done to me. What he's done for me. That he's clothed me in his righteousness. You know, that's constantly being under assault. But it is a truth that is in, contained within God's word. It says in, in um, 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For he made him who knew no sin... To be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. There was a major transaction that took place. Our sin for His righteousness. His righteousness for our sin. That it was very costly to do this, but Jesus says, I'm willing because I'm motivated by love. Remember last week we were talking about the power of love. The power that the motivation of God is for God so loved 
that he was compelled by love, that he saw his creation down here. And he says, now he looked down the eons of time and he saw us redeemed in his kingdom. He saw us partakers of his family. He saw us uh, in glory for eternity with him. And he says, I'll do that. I'll purchase that. And he gave himself, he gave his life as a ransom for us, that he became sin. He became sin. That was where the, we, were, we were learning that in the Bible study on uh, Wednesday night, that he went into the garden, and the battle was won in the garden, where he went to the Father three times, and it says he was heard because it was a godly man. It wasn't like God shut, it, shut up the heaven and says, nope, nope. He said it was heard because of his godly fear. But he said... Not my will, thy will be done. He submitted to the will of the Father to purchase for us the salvation, to do the thing that there was no way that we could have done in our own. That, you know, in the Bible it says in Isaiah, it says that in fact our righteous, our best efforts on the best day in God's eyes are like filthy rags. And you're like, what? Compared to the righteousness of God. There's no way that any of us were going to build the Tower of Babel to reach to the heights to get into the kingdom of God. There was absolutely zero way that we could do it. We could attain salvation by our own efforts is what the message of the gospel is. I've done what you could not do. And I conferred upon you in faith. The challenge is to retain that. The challenge is we can start out strong and, and, and we feel that it says in, in Romans 5, it says the love of God was poured out in our hearts. When we accepted this, we accepted this message says, yes, I need that. I know I'm a sinner. I, need, I know I need help. And God pours out his love in our heart. And there is a emotional state that takes place. You can talk to anybody who's been born again. That you can go up to your worst enemy and say, I love you, brother. I love you. And there's an emotion attached to that. And then the Lord says, okay, now walk in faith, not in feeling. Walk in faith now to do that, to work that out. Make that happen in faith. And that's where we are uh, moving. And when we fall short of that, the enemy comes and he, he likes to assail us in that. And we, he likes to put us in a, in a place and you're like, and we, a lot of times we agree, that's right, man, I, I know my failures, I know where I screwed up, and I know where I, 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 I let it down, and this and that, and we can focus on that. But in reality, we're clothed in righteousness. We're clothed, that's uh, the covering. If, if I didn't have any clothes up here, I'd feel really weird. <laughs> you ever heard that? Where people say, if you're ever nervous of speaking in a crowd, just think of everybody in the audience is naked. That's kind of chilling, but more yeah. <laughs> worse for me to be up here naked. But we're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Amen? And if we took off our clothes, we feel self-conscious and we feel, oh, we feel naked. But we have to be cognizant of the fact that Christ robed us in righteousness. And what that is, is when the devil comes up and he wants to, he always loves to bring up our past. What about this? What about that? And we, and we have a tendency sometimes to fall in. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, I did that. I feel so guilty. And still we come to our senses in faith that says, I am the righteousness of God. Robed in righteousness because he said so. Yes. And you bring the word to that condition of the devil. So I'm out. Because you remember when Jesus confronted the devil on the, uh, in the temptation. And he confronted him with the word. He confronted him with the word. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Not because I feel it. Because what he said about it. 
And that's the transformative. It's like a switch. If we can click that switch, it's a game changer right there. That we have the audacity to say, that belongs to me. That's not about the, that other guy over there that looks like he's got it all together. That belongs to me. Amen? If we can lay claim to that, this is the game changer. Because we can have confidence in the Lord that I'm not naked. And look at my spots and my wrinkles. And look at, look at how I am. I'm clothed in the righteousness of Christ right now. I have the robe of righteousness on. Amen? That's good news, man. Let's go to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61, it starts off, we know that this is what the Lord Jesus spoke when he started his ministry uh, in Galilee. And it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. The gospel is good news. The gospel is a good message. It's a, it's a good message. And I think if, if, it com- if it comes across any other way than that, we're not doing a good job with it. It's a good message that says, I have brought sinners near. I have cleansed sinners. I have accepted people that were on the outskirts. Amen? That's what the gospel is. I've, 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 he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. You ever been captive by something? been addicted to something, to a behavior that I just, I can't get free of this. And Jesus says, I got the key. I can release you. And we call on the name of the Lord when we get sick and tired of being sick and tired and he unlocks it. And I was like, wow. And those things that I thought were going to pull us down to hell no longer have that same power over us because of the word of God, because of his promise, because of the blood, because of the sacrifice. That there's liberty, there's freedom in Christ. And some people, they say, well, I don't want to be a, come, become a Christian. Because, man, you guys got all these rules. You can't do this and can't do that and can't do that. And then I, I think about it, really. But when I was in the world, I used to do things that I didn't want to do. And I didn't have the power to stop. Who's really in bondage? Yeah. Right? When you think about it, you turn it around and really give it some thought. You got all these support groups and praise God for your guys' ministry. You know, it's making a difference, Marcy. And, and you know, highlighting Christ and the liberty in Christ and the power of his word and the power of the name of Jesus to set the captives free, to come together in a group on a consistent basis and say, there is hope. There's a better way. I've been talking to Maui and he says that there's a guy he's taking on as his son in prison. And he goes, man, I want to be like you, Maui. I want to change. These guys have been in prison for a long time and they figure, this is it. This is my life, man. This is the way it is now. And yet somebody bringing a light into a dark place and showing them there's a better way. There's a way out. There's liberty in the name of Jesus. What a powerful thing that is. Amen. Each one of us here have that ability. We have those keys. We have that candle that we can go into a dark place and and naturally... Eyes are drawn to the light who are sitting in darkness. It says that a gross darkness would fill the earth right now. Do you sense that? I saw something crazy. It's crazy. I saw a, a, a YouTube video clip and it had, it looked like some denominational church. I don't know, I don't want to lay claim to who it was, but it was, you know, the guy who had his, his uh, ecclesiastical robes on. And they have a transvestite, one of those things that go and read to the kids at the, at the library. And the guy's up there extolling the freedom that this guy is displaying because he's coming out and saying, 
that we don't have to be conformed to this world. We have to be transformed. And basically this person who's a, woman, a man dressed like a woman has been transformed and is walking in liberty. And this is a time where they've taken truth and twisted it and called light darkness and darkness light. This is the age of which we're living in. And we need people to take a stand, a righteous stand that says, that's not Jesus right there. That's a lie from the devil. Amen. And suffer the consequences for that. If you're ostracized, oh, you, oh man, you're just not as progressive as I thought you were. Well, so be it. Because I'd rather be on Jesus' side than the world's side that's on its way to hell. Amen. I saw something else. I'm like, where does this stuff come from? And it's like vomited out on us right now in this time, in this age. And what I'm preaching right now is the prevention of that. The preservation within the church. You guys ever watch Blue's Clues? I mean, I never did. Me and my kids watch it. But it was just a, a regular cartoon. And they're over there doing this thing where they're celebrating gay dolphins. And, and, and all the people, let's bring all our family to a gay uh, uh, a parade, a, 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 a gay parade. And I'm like, Blue's Clues. How many people are working on this thing that they're all right with that? And this pushing this agenda on our poor kids, bringing confusion on them, and promoting this garbage in the schools. And corrupting minds. It's not right. And I'm not anti people if that's their struggle in life. I'm not anti that. In fact, in 1 Corinthians it says, And such were some of you. But you were washed and you were cleansed. You, some of you were alcoholics. Some of you were homosexuals. Some of you were murderers. Some of you were this. But you were washed and you were cleansed. Now you're a part of the body of Christ. You don't have to go that route. And we don't have to change the laws in society to make people feel comfortable with their sin that is going to drag society to hell. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We're all sinners. I'm not saying I'm better than any a sinner. I'm not. But I'm saved by grace. I'm cleansed by His blood. We are those people. Amen? That's a powerful truth right there. And I believe that people... I saw another video of this guy, and he had this box of pharmaceutical drugs. And they said, the caption was, they don't want you to see this. And this is one of those ones that they've convinced in school or whatever to transition. You aren't really a guy, you're a girl. Now get these surgeries and take these drugs now and you're going to be a girl and you're going to feel fulfilled inside. And this person was near to tears and says, don't listen to this lie. Look at this box of drugs I got to take now just to feel normal or to keep up this sham, this facade that they're vomiting on society. That says a, a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man and a man can even give birth. Where does that take place? <laughs> This is just, I mean, it's like the, the, the inmates took over the asylum. Right? Where's the voice of opposition to say, I'm not playing this game anymore. This is nonsense. And it's not done from a heart of hate. It's almost pitiful, man, that we're in this condition. That it's a voice to say, that's not right. There's a better way. Jesus is coming back soon. He's coming back. I love that song. He, uh, the king is coming in. Man, did you feel that in your heart when we sang that? The king is coming in. Can you see him coming in on his white horse with banners streaming? This is my planet and I paid for it in blood. This stuff is going down. Righteousness will rule in this kingdom. Stop playing with this mess. Stop uh, toying with sin. 
It's going to send us to hell. We are redeemed from that curse. We're redeemed from the curse in the earth. He's brought freedom, opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim an acceptable year of the Lord. And Jesus, when he said this, when he was, this is his opening of his ministry after the temptation in the wilderness, he stopped right there. To proclaim an acceptable year of the Lord, comma, and he stopped. But this is what comes next. And a day of vengeance of our God. A day of vengeance. He, it says in the book of Genesis, my spirit shall not always strive with man. There comes a point where I said, that's it. And this is as far as this stuff goes. And then the hammer comes down. And it's a righteous judgment. And he's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but all would come to repentance. All would shape up. And say, I want to come into your kingdom. I tried it the way of the world, and it's not good. And we turn. Repentance means change our thinking, which changes our conduct. Renewing our mind by the washing of the water of the word. Getting the spots and the wrinkles out of our robe of righteousness. If we're still kind of conflicted, well, I kind of like the world, but I kind of like the, I like the insurance policy of the church. Right? Are we committed? Are we all in? It could get rough. It will get rough. It says, all those who live righteous in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Not in America. Did you take a look recently? What happened to America? What happens to people who stand up for what is righteous? They end up getting sued. They end up going to jail. Haven't times changed in this country? That we would be so committed that so be it, if that be the case. So be it. We will not quit. We will keep our eyes fixed on Christ, our Lord, our King. He's coming back. There's not a whole lot of time left on this earth that's in decline and I like what J.D. Farad says, as we look at it and we see it, it's like, ah, it's a mess. It's like to transition our minds off of this, that it no longer has the luster that it might have had at one time. Then I'm like, I'm over it, man. That's not the place I want. I've got my eyes on a heavenly kingdom. In where, where righteousness dwells, where Christ is the Lord, that we're brothers and sisters of all nations. It doesn't matter what color you are. I'm so sick of hearing about racism. You could end racism right now by stop talking about it and just loving people for who they are. Amen? Amen. Amen. They, they, all they want to do is divide, divide, divide. It's the devil's primary tactic. Divide them. Divide them. Get them fighting against each other. Fight, fight, fight. War, war, war. You know? Divide and conquer. Primary tactic. Jump down to verse 10 in... Um, 61, it says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments. That's our positioning in Christ. That's who we are in Christ. Who doesn't want that? It's like I said, when I got married to my wife, you know, rented a tuxedo. And it was a nice tuxedo. It was a white tuxedo. Not that I was walking in righteousness at that time. But it was white. It even had tails, I remember. 
I wasn't going to go out into my yard and, and grab my weed eater with my tuxedo on and go do yard work with a tuxedo with tails on. I wouldn't do it. There are certain things that is just not appropriate as being a believer robed in the righteousness of Christ. I won't do that anymore. Because I'm looking good in Christ. Right? I look good in Christ. I like this, man. He's elevated our vision. This is who I am. This is who I was meant to be. He created me to lift up my head. To not play in the dirt anymore. This is who I am in Christ. Amen? That's a good news right there. That is good news. Amen? It's received by faith. Everything that we have in the kingdom is received by faith. It's constantly being challenged. The battle is a faith battle. It's a battle in the mind. It's a battle in our experiences and how we react to those things. We have to fight it by faith. And we say, this is what God said about it. That's what I identify with it. Even though I might not feel it, I believe it. And the feelings will follow the faith eventually. And we'll be transformed into that if we cling to it tenaciously. This is Romans 3, 21. It says, But now the righteousness of God apart from the law, being revealed in his witnesses of the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Remember what I said about our righteous? Our righteousness are like filthy rags. In fact, if you did everything on 99.9% correct, and you were wrong in point one thing, you violated it all. That don't seem fair. But that's, you know, when we say holy, 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 he's three times holy, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We don't even know how offensive sin is to a holy God. We're here on this side of eternity, and we're looking at these things, and we're like, okay, whatever. We're like fish swimming in the water right now. And we have no clue what it's like to be on dry land breathing air. This heavenly realm, it's so other than, it's so holy than what we're experiencing. When we hear that, wow, you mean if I did all these things and I just messed up on one point, then God's not here and accept me. What a cruel God. We don't understand holiness apparently because that even challenges me. But it's not about our righteousness. It's about us receiving by faith the righteousness of Christ and that having a transformative effect on our conduct with what we identify with. Amen? You know, it's so funny. Pastor Tyler, I pray I got time to bring this in here. But you said, oh, let's see what Pastor Jay has. And you mentioned, or you you said something, you said about the prodigal son. And I was like, well, that's what I wanted to go to. Because if we remember that story, and this is in um, Luke 15. Luke 15. And this is such a familiar story with us, or should be. In chapter 15 of Luke, there's three losses. There's a a parable of the lost sheep. The the, um, shepherd had 99 sheep. One went astray. He says, I got to go find that one. And he goes out and he finds that lost sheep. 
And he says, I, I say, verse 7 of 15, it says, I say to you, likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 just persons that need no repentance. So the Lord is concerned about that one who's lost, right? Uh, it goes on to the lost coin. It says, or the woman having 10 silver coins and loses one coin, does a light, a lamp, and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace that, was lost, that I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of angels over, uh, of God over one sinner who repents. What's the common word in those two stories? Repentance. That's the first thing that Jesus says. Repent, for the kingdom of uh, God is nigh. That means change your way of thinking. Change your thoughts. Change the way we think. And then it goes on to this story, and, I, and I'll try and paraphrase this. It's a long scripture, but we know the story there. It says there was a certain man who had two sons. Two sons. So there's two people being concerned with here. And one of them, the younger son, tells his dad. He goes, Dad, you know what? I kind of don't like it around here. In fact, in effect, what I'm saying is, I wish you were dead so I could have the money that's due me. And the dad says, well... How about I just give you what's due to you? That sounds like a good plan. So the kid takes his bag of money, whatever it was, whatever his inheritance was, and says, I'm out. And he goes and does the thing. And it says and he, he lived his life in riotous living. He went, and he, he went to a foreign land. And it says, you know, from the inference here, that he's out there partying, he's drinking, he's, he's prostituting, he's fornicating, he's doing whatever the world says is a natural to the natural man. He's just going at it. And then all of a sudden the resources dry up. And he's like, uh-oh, what do I do now? No money, no party, nobody's coming to my parties. Nobody's invited me to any parties right now. In fact, I'm pretty hungry. And he goes, well, I'm going to join myself to a citizen of this country. Well, we got to help wanted add up. Dude, we need somebody to slop the pigs. And him being Jewish, that's pretty repulsive. I think that's pretty repulsive for any culture to go feed pigs. And so he goes in there, and he's, he's, he's like a slave now. He's like, okay, go over there, take these pods, and go throw them in the pig pen over there. So he's grabbing these things, and he's like hungry. He's like, man, this ain't turning out the way I thought it was. Throwing the, 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 the pods in there. And in fact, it seems as if the commentary read, it, he was almost like a slave status, because he couldn't even take one of those pods and start gnawing on it. That's what a pigs, don't eat the pig, the pods for the pigs. And so he's hungry, and he starts to think to himself, man, this ain't turning out the way I thought it should. And he goes, I got an idea. Maybe my dad will have mercy on me. Maybe he'll bring me back into my family. You know, or, or at least, uh, he goes, I'm not even worthy to be called his son anymore. That's what he said. Verse 18, I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father... I have sinned against heaven and before you. Every time we sin, it's not only against the person who we sin, it's against heaven. It's against the Lord when we sin because we violated his command. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. This is key. This is key. Was he still a son even when he was in the prodigal land? He was still a son. He wasn't a servant. He's a son. You know what God calls us when we have accepted Christ by faith? That He calls us sons. You're my son. The reason why I couldn't stay there any longer, I'm not a pig. I'm not a heathen. I'm a son. 
And he goes, I'm going to go back and see if my dad will have mercy on me. Maybe he'll hire me and put me to work somehow. And the amazing part of this, I mean, there's a lot here. In verse 20, he says, He rose and he came to his father, and when he was a still great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to his father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put the ring on his hand and the sandals on his feet. According to what I read about this, these are all signs of sonship, not slavehood, sons. Sons had the best robe. You remember Joseph? He had the coat of many colors. That's my favorite boy. Look at him. He gave him that robe of righteousness. This is my son. Give him not only the robe, but he gave him a ring. You know the ring signified? It's a signet ring that says, this is my son. And what's in my account, he can, he can press that, emboss that signet in there. He can press in there and make a draw on my account because that's my son. He gave him new shoes because shoes are a sign of sonship. When, a, when you're a slave, the first thing they do is take away your shoes. I always wonder that, about that when we go to the airport. <laughs> They're trying to condition us, people. Yes. We own you, man. Jump. When I say jump. You heard that whole story. I don't want to get sidetracked. But, <laughs> but the shoe bomber, that was so ridiculous. Did you ever hear that story? He takes off his shoes and he's trying to light the thing up. In the, and then everybody mobs him. That's it. Everybody's taking off their shoes to get on the plane. Come on, man. We see this for what it is. I'm a son. We are sons and daughters of God. We see through the scam. This father, no longer worthy to be called your son. He was so, he, the, he was so assaulted by his past that he goes, I, can't, I, I just want to come back home and work and do something like one of the servants over there. That'd be good enough for me so I can eat something. And the dad throws a robe on him he puts a ring on him and he says not only that get the best cowby beef and we're throwing a <laughs> we're making laulaus man we're making a party here right luau time your reunion man and everybody's making merry ah! and the reality of it is i won't go into the other son But it goes down here. The other brother was jealous. He's like, what is going on? The scrub comes home. Next thing you know, we're having a luau. What the heck? I never even got a goat. And you're killing the best calf over there. What is this? He's upset. But look at the father's perspective on this. And this should be, help us, Lord, to understand this. And he said to them, verse 31, he said, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. That's if we've been a faithful servant. Lord, I've been serving you. I love you too. You're precious to me. But look at this in verse 30. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and he was lost and he's found isn't that an awesome I mean even I missed the part where it says the father was sitting there waiting for his son his heart was broken 
Where is my son? Man, when our kids are, are you know, doing squirrely stuff, it's just like, oh, come on, Lord. When's this going to change, man? You know what I'm talking about? And we're, Lord, please, please, Lord, bring them in. Get a revelation. Open their eyes. And it says the father, you know, he's not over there. I hope he's eating pods right now. He wasn't thinking that. I hope he's with the pigs right now. Hey, kid, look, he spent all that money. Who knows what he did with that money? I'm so mad. It wasn't that. He said he's sitting probably on the porch every day and he looked down the road. Is it today? Did he come home? Is he coming home today? And then he sees this figure walking down the dusty road, just one small figure coming like that. He looks, that looks like my son. That is walking like my son. It looks skinny, but it looks like my son. <laughs> and he gets off the porch and he runs to him. According to what I read here, this is very undignified for a Middle Eastern man of that stature to run and run and embrace his son. Imagine God, that's his heart towards us, even after we've done stupid. That that's his, that's his heart towards us. And his son didn't even get the full confession out. Man, I'm not, even, I'm not even worthy to be your son. Get the best robe and put it on him right there. Repentance, restoration, party. We got to replace the ideas about God being in heaven, his angry God with a stick. Look at him down there. He's going to step out of life. Pah! And just whack you down. It's not God. God loves us. But he's a holy God. We don't just let trannies come into the church because it's, we're loving. We love. We love everybody. That don't accord with that, right? Did I lose my crowd? And it's not to say they got no place in the... No, 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 no. But there needs to be that one little word first. Repent. And if we dismantle the structure of repentance, then they don't even know. In their heart, they know. But everybody else agrees it's good, right? We're all in agreement. Yes, we're all in agreement. And anybody who doesn't agree with this, you're the problem. But if we don't uphold the standard of righteousness that says this is acceptable and this is not acceptable to God, how will they know? Right? We are set adrift as a society. Where are the lighthouses? Where are the beacons of truth that we can triangulate? Well, I used to know that that was, uns that was unshakable. Now I'm not so sure. I thought we had constitutional rights. I'm not so sure. We have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Unshakable. Unshakable. Eternal. Transcendent of this life. Never changing. Established in heaven. Name written in the Lamb's book of life. Because of the sacrifice and the righteousness of Christ. Conferred upon a sinner that was hungry. That's who we are in Christ now. That's our inheritance. That's our future, regardless of what happens here. Keep our eyes fixed on the Lord. He's got a plan. His plan is being worked out. His plan is being worked out. You know, you, I can look at this stuff and go, Oh, Lord, what's going to happen? What's that? You know what? Like Jan Markell says, it's not falling apart. It's falling into place. The king is coming in. But it's time to respond to those truths. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.